0: Don't try to stop me, shmee. Do not try to stop me, shmee. Don't anybody try to stop me, shmee. Don't try to stop. I'm going to do it this time, shmee. I'm really going to do it this time, shmee. Don't try to stop me. Hey, everyone. Rue Grostein here. Not quite sure how to say this, so I'll just say it. Uh, This is the uh, last episode of Local Smoke Radio. Um, Yeah, Uh, we have a great interview with Jamie Tallarico. She's been on before, and she is an advocate for, (laughs) what do I say, making the world a better place through... Um, through food systems, through agriculture, through making sure communities have access to food, things like that. Um, it's a great interview. Hope you enjoy it. I hope you learn something. And uh, we really thank her for being the last guest on Local Smoke. Um, yeah, thank you so much to Nick Nikolai the Crusher for joining me and being a wonderful co-host in the this last little. Uh, Sunset season of Local Smoke. Um, You know, it's been a great time. We've been on the air or podcasting or whatever. Local Smoke has existed since 2017. We had a good run and I really am so grateful and I appreciate anybody and everybody who ever listened or shared or, you know, um, learned something from Local Smoke. I I hope it was meaningful to to the people who checked in. It was meaningful to me, and I think it's, um, you know, we all have to move on in life, and I think it's time for Rue to fly the coop. Anyway, thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode with uh, Nikolai and myself interviewing Jamie Tallarico. And don't be a stranger. Feel free to email, contact... Still, leave that Instagram up, I guess, so I can keep sharing important cannabis news. But other than that, love you guys. Thanks again for a good run. And uh, don't forget to smoke local. Happy hemping. We'll see you guys somewhere in the stars. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Local Smoke Radio. It's episode one something. Who knows? Getting up there. Getting up there. We'll tell you. Probably we'll insert a episode 137 <laughs> of Local Smoke Radio. You should be proud of that. Uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, we're getting up there. We're getting up there. It has been a lot of work, and we took several moments off from that work over this year. Hey,
1: pandemic. Pandemic. A lot to take in.
0: So much Karen this year. <laughs> I want to just go hide. Have
1: you noticed that the Karen thing's already old? Like when a fad comes in, it's old? Probably by the time I even hear of it. But especially with the Karen thing, I'm, I'm done. It would,
0: except Karen won't stop. It,
1: the Karen thing's been around for
0: like 20 years. PSA, oh, okay. my mom's name is Karen.
2: I mean, I'm overhearing about it, but it's
1: been around.
0: It has around. been around, okay. Why didn't I... Oh, you just heard about it? This year, uh,
1: no, it's 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 been
0: it went like this. The way stock yeah. has been
1: climbing over it's the stuck years, stock has but climbing. but all of a sudden now that everybody uses it, I'm so tired of it. It's kind of like probably, you know, when the, rude gro- the word groovy came out, they got a couple of years because stuff didn't move as fast. But now that everything moves so fast, anyway.
0: So anyway, we're here with Karen Tallerico, and <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah, some distant relative is going to be appearing. I know, right? Oh, my neighbor's name Karen. My mom's name is Karen. This is hilarious. And there's also Kevin jokes out there. My uncle's name is Kevin.
1: Oh, hey. Statistically, mathematically, Terry is the male version of Karen. Karen. Like, if you look at the number of people named Karen, how do you uh, statistically measure? uh, I'm about to get into that. (laughs) If you look at the number of names through the years, and the people the, the name Terry has been applied to males about the equivalent that karen has been applied
0: to females wow that changes your view of karen doesn't it
1: nothing wrong with being a karen
0: everyone take a deep breath all right (laughs) nothing wrong with being named that's heavy that is heavy yeah notice he only said that about the name karen he mentioned nothing about (laughs) there's nothing wrong with being named i'm just (laughs) kidding All right, we are here with Jamie Tallarico to get much more cereal than that. Okay, I'm <laughs> super duper cereal right now, Nikolai. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, Jamie's back uh, to talk a little bit about what she was speaking on last week, about how last week, last episode. What were you the last episode? Last concept
1: of time. Okay. But this has been—I want to put on record. This has been. This was my favorite episode that we did last time. It was the most. It was the funniest it's and the it was most, most meaningful since you've yes. been around, huh?
0: My favorite
1: episode. Yeah. All right. Because uh, this is very important, and I think if anybody, everybody listens to this, they mm-hmm. can actually benefit. Like every single person listening. So.
0: In fact, don't listen to any episodes
3: before <laughs> the first Reverse interview psychology.
0: with yeah. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're useless. Uh, Let's get a recap, In 2020, they are useless. All right, yeah. Give us a little recap of last episode when you were on, and then let's move on to your newfound information and how people can change their lives and the lives of others. Get your popcorn ready. (laughs) Weed infused, hopefully.
2: So while Nick spends most of his free time researching Terry and Karen... I spend time researching. I spend time researching. Ways to feed people. Yeah, ways ways to feed people in, in some sense. Equal really. importance. So last time we talked their about food insecurity. Or... Less of their souls, more of the actual like their bellies Their tummies. Yeah, okay. yeah, we're looking for gut health here. <laughs> gut,
0: <laughs> stomach, crap factory. All right.
2: Yes. So uh, last time I was on, we talked about food insecurities. And uh, so food insecurity relates to anything from uh, not having enough money to buy food not having the money to buy food that is going to fill your nutritional needs.
0: Ooh, ooh, I remember food, food islands. What are they called? Food Food deserts. Deserts. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. And even in some areas that are incredibly well known for their agricultural production, like the Rogue Valley, we still have families and community members who experience food insecurity, who come to the last few days before their paycheck arrives, and they are eating the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or they go to the store and they can't afford the gallon of clean drinking water, but they can afford the dollar bottle of Coke. So these are all types of circumstances uh, that revolve around food insecurity, and food sovereignty specifically is something that i find very interesting which is reconnecting people with their food systems not just learning to eat healthier but learning to support a food system that allows you the freedom to choose and connect where your nourishment comes from so yeah last time we talked about um the ways hemp and cannabis producers can contribute to these kind of food security issues, um, and polycropping was one of those things. A lot of the hemp and cannabis farms in the area um, either allow their fields to go fallow for a handful of months out of the year, or they plant a cover crop. And um, there's a few different research articles that i read, but one by Janet Wallace, uh, a researcher from McGill University. She um, talked about the popular no-till cultivation practices that um, regularly sprout fava beans and garbanzo beans and sweet shelling peas as their cover crop in the off season. And then these crops specifically in the Pacific Northwest can be sold to the Pacific Northwest Farmers Cooperative. Uh, They can be found at PNW. P-N-W at (laughs) C-O-O-P and um, this cooperative can help you connect uh, the producers with processors and wholesalers to this product and actually make them some money while increasing food opportunities.
0: First thought I had when you said all of this was okay two thoughts but the first one was which hemp or high THC cannabis farmer has the time, or would take the time, i.e. would find it worth their time.
1: He's sitting in the devil's advocate seat already.
2: Yes. To... How can you <clears throat> take this train up? He shot his shot
1: earlier. <laughs> <laughs> pew pew! Yeah. No, that's the first thing when I threw it to the person I work for. He's like, dude, I, I can barely keep this. Yep, yeah, so why... do vegetables. Why
0: would they take the time? Or, if they <clears> could <throat> take the time, let's say they made enough money off the weed... And everybody was getting paid nicely on that. Like, All right, let's go make like pennies on the dollar from these vegetables.
2: Let's go do that, right? So
0: that's the first one that came in into mind, and then I went. Well, well in that
2: circumstance, I think <clears throat> if I can split your interject. Yeah, exactly. Oh wait, I can't think of what my other
0: so, one was. Don't stop me. Just kidding. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a lot bigger problems if you can't do that. So. <laughs> The one thing that I would think of is um, the the produce is less for sale and more for supporting your employees, supporting their families, and supporting other community members. So, any, so the labor that you put into cultivating that up to a certain extent, if you donate that crop, you can deduct the labor that goes into it on your taxes. I'm not a tax lawyer. I don't know
0: okay. what the
2: liabilities <laughs> there are, but these are the type of things that can be,
0: so this, Look, this yeah. solution delves into a little bit uh, of my second part of the Devil's Advocate uh, train us. of thought. But also it um, it sparks a new question. Which one do you want first? The new question or
3: Whichever one part two is of better. Devil's
0: Advocate? Part I don't two of Devil's Advocate. Alright, we'll do that one first. So part two is, I'm thinking, okay... Maybe there could be a way to make uh, use of these licensed places, hemp, can- high-THC cannabis, uh, for use other than those crops. Um, generally, there's a little more regulation around those crops, right? Um, hemp, not so much. It's pretty easy to plop some veggies in there as well in between or whatever, right? Uh, but that begs the question from the industry standpoint high thc cannabis and hemp are are just melding more and more and i know you know federal legalization of hemp tried to make that clear but i think it's actually becoming less clear as the industry unfolds before the very eyes of the united states right like oh uh, wait so you can't tell the difference between and how do we sell this if it's just a little bit over 0.3 percentage so all that different conversation but in relation to this there's too much regulation surrounding making vegetables profitable or something like that if you're not thinking about feeding your workers with them right um to me, from that farmer's standpoint, they're like, dude, I don't want to have to deal with veggies after I've dealt with the whole farm crew. I'm going to have to hire a different kind of farm crew. I'm going to have to do all this stuff. People who know how to do that on top of these regulations. So I'm the, my devil's advocate question here is going, what the fuck is the government going to do to support uh, the the opening up of regulations so that that could be an easy transition for a hemp or cannabis farmer right like it's
2: well there's currently no real restrictions in the, in the hemp side. agriculture side that says that you can't cultivate both
0: what if i want to bring in an outside purse
2: I don't see why Do you need sign to in? bring in an outside crew. What if my farm
0: crew doesn't want to farm vegetables for less money because those vegetables are worth less money? Do they why need to would have you a pay a them less? Point? Because the vegetables are worth less money, so I can't sell them for as much. Or if you're saying I'm paying my crew, we're going deep down another conversation because I don't think it would make it worth.
3: Would
2: it Would this, this
1: touch point, on the right? hour hour per week where they? You know, mm-hmm. one hour per week or even mm-hmm. one hour per pay period? Is that what you're Yeah. You,
2: okay. So last time I talked about mm-hmm. how I had previously worked at a farm where we would go and pick vegetables for an hour on the clock and then we like, one person would rotate and go out on the clock and pick vegetables or two and then someone right. else would go the next week and we would all then share. And so it was kind of like... That person was still being paid the same as us, but there was a whole new sense of, of pride and accountability that went with providing your co-workers so, with a sense of nourishment, which really builds community in a strong work environment. This
0: brings me to the second question, though, which is what we were discussing before we press record. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, which is... That's only in some places. How do you get? On uh, most places I've ever worked, the no workers want to donate an hour to take home some veggies. Right? How do you so sell are you it? Talking the- about take home some veggies. It's really about
2: crafting that culture in yeah. your company. So that's really about you yourself sacrificing. Well, you I also think. yourself have to be the sacrificing person. Um, like Nikki said, you went out and and you had some extra seeds, and you you know you plopped them in, and you you tried to get it going, and Although it didn't take off as quickly as you wanted, the enthusiasm from everyone else—it takes time to build those things, and and behaviors and attitudes aren't going to change overnight just because someone sees a new plant growing. When we have this flashy, beautiful, brilliant plant in front of us already, so maybe
1: maybe my personal experience might might be of use. When I asked these guys, <clears throat> could we put in some uh, vegetables or something to supplement <laughs> uh, our our. Uh, employees food budgets they said we don't want to do it by the by the hemp or by the cannabis we want to do a small little plot over to the side or a good sized plot and you know you can till that and uh, we can you know harvest what we can from there and so it was a start I was kind of disappointed but I, I took it as a win like okay they're they're opening the door mm-hmm. and if it's up to me to kind of wow look how cool this can be Look right. look how much food I can produce
2: Maybe it comes Uh, to something as simple as, like, keeping a salt and pepper shaker around so you can crack that cucumber open, put a little salt on it, and be like, here, taste it now.
0: Yeah, true, yeah. I think uh, just from the other side of it, I think it's always, or most always, from the the places and people I've worked for, it's going to have to be Nick coming in. And saying, "Hey, can we use some of our land to do this for my me and my fellow employees?" Yeah, the spark. Because the the truth of the matter is, I've met very few company owners in this awesome, beautiful, caring, craft cannabis region that would give half of a bloody shit whether or not right. their employees get any vegetables.
2: I totally agree, <clears throat> and I and think that it's it is such up a to the sad employees. truth.
0: But I think you. I think maybe with the employees saying, "Hey, there's extra space over there." Would you as an employee or an employer give us each an hour to call? that's that's a big ask, dude. That's a scary ask from your employer to say, "Hey, sure, the plot?" Yeah. Ask that. <clears throat> you say, "Give us a free hour of work to work our vegetable patch out of your pay?" That I've never I I've- mm. I've been at the top, you know, of the management of companies that I would not really ask that of many people I've worked for. That's what though, so, right? Yeah. So, right?
2: There's a couple of ways that you can financially pitch this to the higher-ups. Boom, there you
0: go. Mostly dollars. Financially, points. that's what so we needed. <laughs> if you pitch it this way,
2: you so say you give us one free hour, right? Uh-huh. That's 15 to $17 an hour, we'll say. We're being generous with our estimates here so you, you give up that 15 to 17 dollars so your employees don't have to go the 10 miles to the gas station down the road and come back late and don't punch in till 10 minutes after they were supposed to be back and they missed that 10 minutes of work and that's productivity off your clock
0: yeah so there's a handful of different that's about ways cultivating that. that culture and and having people who do eat Fresh cucumbers for lunch and stuff, you know, and I, I, it is, it's tough, and I think I, you know, you've been there, you've seen it work, but a lot of these, especially now in uh, this, what, what did you call it, um, whatever it is, it's a privileged cannabis culture that is running the show these days, right? Yeah. And a lot of them really are not here to make the world a better place. They're here to make dollars, and it's a tough, you know. Yeah. It's uh, I, yeah it's just a tough ask and I think it's, it's gonna have to start with the employees saying can we have that plot
2: I think so and yeah. I think the merging of these um, the values of the employees and the land and mm-hmm. the financial aspect all kind of tie together in, into the topic that I want to talk most importantly about today which was uh, ecological economics and sustainable development um, I did want to point out a quick correction from the last episode, though. Um, when we talked about snap match benefits of the farmer's market, I don't mm. think I made it clear um, that the benefits only match up to $10. But that $10 is incredibly valuable. That gets you, you know, a little bit of extra food. And it's not just fresh, fresh vegetables. There's also artisan cheeses. There's meats. There's local eggs. There is actually... Sustainably caught Pacific Northwest seafood there as well, and these are all things that can be bought with Oregon Trail cards. Benefits.
0: There really is legit stuff. You can join CSAs at farmers markets. You can get get local, you know, small local meats. Yeah, forty
1: bucks a month. That's pretty good show. Yeah. Every week, you go every week. You know.
0: There, there is a different way to eat too. You know, you don't have to eat gas station trip by gas station trip and part of, part of what you're talking about is re-educating people on how they would feed themselves and then bringing that to the employer and and demonstrating Exactly. It,
2: it's know? it's essentially I want to show people that their their lives and their health and their well-being are more important than whatever ultimate goal corporations have in controlling our food systems and our jobs and our health care.
0: Now, I should point out, if for some reason you're actually listening and happen to follow us on social media, you should totally call, and you're a company owner who would love to do something like this, call out my bullshit and prove me wrong. I would love to see that there are actually people in charge making stuff like this happen and uh, you know I, that's one one of those things I'd be happy to be wrong about
2: it's really fun to prove a podcast host wrong yeah so you should try and uh, do it.
0: roast me Is that I want to get right? on that right now <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly So we're gonna slide into this topic. um, I wanna throw out a disclaimer, I'm not an expert on any of this information I'm giving you. I love to research, I love problem solving, I love food and feeding people and cannabis and the Rogue Valley. So I just want to bring to light ideas that people can talk about and ways we can work towards making our community a whole lot better and not just a whole lot more money.
0: She's totally an expert, she just doesn't wanna get sued.
2: There's a, there's a balance in there, I guess. That's um. one of the tokens
1: <laughs> in the game.
2: Yeah, you know. Uh, so, the cannabis industry—we were super prideful people. We talked <coughs> about how we're land stewards and we're stewards of our communities, and um, we also have this great awareness that a large portion of our cannabis friends and community members and family members have been oppressed and excluded and treated unjustly for as long as cannabis has existed as a plant. A
0: flippin' men.
2: So ecological economics and sustainable development cover these, like the multidimensional aspect of people and um, environment and finances and how all of these things work together. Um, So I recently listened to the podcast Freakonomics, an episode called, Is Economic Growth the Wrong Goal? And uh, Stephen Dubner, the host, had on economist Kate Raworth. Um, She has this really great analogy for ecological economics. And after reading a whole bunch of really convoluted articles, I found this to be the the easiest one to digest. And you'll get the non-intended pun in a minute. So, I want you guys to
3: <laughs>
2: picture a donut. and Go
0: on. Yes, donut.
2: Frosted, sprinkles, however you like them. Donut. <laughs> and so, you picture the delicious, cakey donut part, and that, you know, it's just so delicious it fulfills all your needs. And then you think about the hole in the middle, and it's just kind of this sad space where something should be but isn't and then there's everything else around the donut. And so Raworth uses this analogy and the part of the donut that you eat is the part where she believes all people and humans should reside. So all of our needs are fulfilled. We've got food and water and shelter and we're leading purposeful lives. And that hole in the middle of the donut, that sad void, is a symbol for the place where individuals who Struggle to meet their basic needs so they have food insecurity or housing insecurity or illness And the one thing that generally leads to all of those other circumstances is joblessness um, So that inside of the donut is where people Are struggling the most and where we want to help people get out of
1: I have a
0: security shaped hole see. in my
1: heart So we need to plant some donut plants in the
0: donut hole
2: can I, yes. can
0: I be honest here? I and guess I,
1: if
2: you're thinking like
0: that. I think the solution is well, uh, a cream or jelly-filled donut where there is no hole. But.
1: <laughs> or like a, a donut made of kale and vitamin C. <laughs> oh, shit.
2: I don't think I can get <laughs> on board with
3: that <laughs> kind of donut, man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I used mean, to make this but joke. But in the hole,
1: they're missing, they're missing I, the good stuff. I used yeah. to make
0: this joke that my sister makes kale cupcakes because she was such a hit.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, the hit of the party. The crunchy guy
3: Jan. who
0: spent right. nine years at Humboldt State.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no,
0: nine years at colleges, multiple, but some it, of the years at Humboldt But at the end of the analogy, yeah.
1: isn't it like, now that, now that we've realized how good we have it in, in the donut rung, we can start to fill the hole. Fill the hole, yeah.
2: Kind of. So there's a third <clears throat> part to this that kind of credit to Rue. <laughs> that kind of ties the the whole of the donut together.
1: He likes to fill so. holes on both ends. Go on. <laughs> okay. Sex. that' was what I'm getting at.
3: So, <laughs> oh,
2: <gosh. laughs> the outside of the donut, the the part, everything else, the the non donut part that represents uh, living in excess. So we're trying to, to eat something that doesn't exist and that represents uh, our societies living beyond our natural bounds. And so that means we're consuming more than actually is there. We do We've that.
0: Got one donut we do that, don't through. we? we
2: um
1: we know there's another donut out there somewhere. I Let's
2: just sleep. leave my AC yeah, I mean, just because we
0: can go to Mars.
2: There's another donut on the other side of yeah. the sun. We just don't see it uh-huh, for every nine thousand uh-huh. years.
0: Uh, Uh, We just can't get to it yet because we're so hot. Neil deGrasse Tyson, save save us. us. (laughs) (laughs) Great minds. Great minds.
2: So, when I (laughs) heard about this donut analogy, I thought about cannabis and, you know, I mean, cannabis, donuts, it's all synonymous. It seems as though, like our industry, we have enough momentum financially and politically that we can begin to use this momentum we have to pull everyone out of the middle of that donut or fill it with a gooey cream center. Fill I guess it with that gr- or jelly, if that's
0: your do. thing. I'm really more of a custard guy, but go
2: I on. am more of a jelly kind of girl. Yeah. So. Yep.
0: Well, you <laughs> yeah. can fill whichever donuts you want to fill. <laughs>
2: Filling with positive changes for our yes. community. <laughs> yes.
0: Jelly flavored positive changes. Yep.
2: Yes. I like That's them.
0: what I like to slip into holes.
2: Oregon berries.
0: Maybe, yeah, I was going to say, maybe it'll be local Rogue Valley jelly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got a lot of those. Oh, God. So, to kind of uh, talk about cannabis and how this all ties together, um, I have like some maybe well known facts, maybe not. Depends on how much you nerd out on. Here we go. Fill the bomb,
1: take a rip, and listen.
2: There you go. Business Insider wrote in 2019 that cannabis is seeing 40% annual growth in value. So currently, at that point in time, which was 2019, um, $23 billion was the value of the cannabis industry nationwide. And that is only including the 20 something states that were recreationally legal at that point in time not including the hemp industry
0: right not including hemp, which has blown up since 2018 so, exactly and so twenty nineteen.
2: business insider compares the annual value of the cannabis industry to the GDP of states like Alaska Delaware and both Dakotas and so GDP is gross domestic product we're gonna talk a little bit more about that in a minute I'll explain what it is, what it means. Not yet, though. Not yet. Live in mystery for a moment. So the cannabis industry, also not including hemp, employs over 250,000 people full-time. And that's almost as many as the steel and iron industries, which employ 265,000 people. Wow. And to my crazy disbelief, Business Insider also reported that the cannabis industry's median salary is 10.7% higher than the annual overall US median
1: salary. Oh my god, I thought you were just going to say of uh steel and iron industries. Nope. The total All industries 10.7% is... above. Mhm. Yes. Don't move to the southern Oregon. Now they're just going to move here in droves. <laughs> you are
2: telling yeah. me I can when work we, those we make 10.7% more? Seriously? So, um, and the federal government, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they don't account for cannabis in the jobs reporting. So every time you hear about the big jobs report, it doesn't include any cannabis jobs. I don't know if they include hemp jobs yet, but I'm sure because it's federal. Of course not.
0: They're all off the books.
2: (laughs) Well, Um, I mean. Total
1: disadvantage.
2: Yes. Um. They're keeping it. So if you like to research, um things about cannabis and want to know like the trends in the industry as far as um, products and marketing and values, you can go to iBiz World, Google it, and it's a, a research database and it can give you information about any industry. But I really appreciate the way that they have cultivated um, a whole bunch of information about cannabis specifically when not a lot of other research Engines are willing to do
0: that. That's so that is, I-B-I-S. <coughs> not yeah, I-B-I-Z. Correct. Not like biz with the wink and a gun. Like, yeah, I-B-I-S S- world. Just biz. I think yep. guns
2: yep. make
3: me
1: mm-hmm. I love great resources, so that's one for you.
0: Yeah. Um, Factual. So,
2: Canvas has power and potential. We can do a lot of things. So,
0: I would have been one million trillion percent on board with you prior to... Um, This year. This year fucked up everything. And I would ask the both of you, uh, where do you think cannabis lies in the political realm right now? I would have told you in 2019 that if you were not going to be pro-cannabis, you couldn't be president. Or it would be hard to be even elected a congressman or a senator. Now... I don't even know what... I don't know anything about anything. You feel like... Welcome to 2020. It what do you is feel August shifted? 18th. What, what shifted? What shifted is who knows what you need to say is important or what you need to be on, what side you need to be on politically to make sure that you get ahead. Like, I don't yeah. know what you need to say right now. Say, wear masks I, and don't wear masks. And I know, the crazy. Coronavirus is
2: real and I think it's not that real. there's a lot of really... Unsettling circumstances in our world right now, and we, our political system isn't charged to handle so, so social problems. I don't. And have, this
0: is a social problem.
2: Yeah, every your, issue. Your topic, I mean, the mass, is, so uh, right?
0: The ecological economics is really, even though it says ecology and economy in the title, it's really.
2: It involves all of problem. us surviving beyond twenty fifty. <laughs> that is that is pretty much the culmination of why right. this is so important and the power that cannabis has. So I guess to kind of prove the uh, the impact that cannabis can have, I want to talk a little bit about gross domestic product GDP. Gross. So that's Ugh. exactly so. The gross domestic product is the so measurement that the, that pretty much the whole world uses. The World Bank, the United Nations, and um, every country pretty much around the world measures the strength, the success, and the growth of a nation through this number.
1: This is why, which which is we, why be we in such
0: so. debt? I was going to say no. Why we always We're try to fake there. our numbers and bolster them, no? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, both things.
2: It's both of those things? Yeah. I think. Definitely. <laughs> um so there's a a handful of other indicators that have been developed by economists and sociologists that are used that are that can more accurately represent well-being of humans um but they don't have the momentum behind them that gdp does so calculating gdp um is an incredibly terrible problem I don't have any other way to describe it, so it measures the total output of Sounds a nation. Sounds super
0: easy, probably, right? I mean, it's just
2: a few numbers. It's just a little bit of math. Did I see, is that iced tea? Thai
3: iced tea, I Ross.
0: Tea. Well, i iced Happy Cabbage. Good little thing. plug that here. That looks wonderful. Should I go, is it too early? No, you're too early. <laughs> Keep going.
2: Rue needs something to count to 30 for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a two minute, this is a two minute one. It's pretty
0: thick glass. Well, I can't last that long. My attention will be on the next butterfly that goes by.
2: Uh, he'll see the squirrel in the corner.
1: Yeah. So, where were we?
2: So, we were talking about calculating GDP. So, GDP's total output of a nation. Uh, it's how much a country is producing. It is... There's no negative accounting in GDP. Everything is counted as a positive. So, a really great example that... Um, Herman Daly, a senior economist from the World Bank, Um, he was, excuse me, so he uses the reference that um, of wildfires. So the salaries of the firefighters, the food and shelter purchased for the firefighters, the evacuees, whether they're government, NGO, or privately funded, the fuel purchased for trucks, helicopters, planes, all of these things are counted towards GDP. So Mm. the use of all of these resources Show that the U.S. is growing, essentially, if you're using the Pacific Northwest have as an example.
1: Taking a look at, like, the equation as a whole of how they count all this stuff in? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty long yeah. yeah.
2: I can't process it, yeah. and I'm a person who really likes spreadsheets, and Ooh. my brain just, like, can't. I, I don't have that capacity. Would it, does
1: it look like a typical math equation?
2: No. No. There's a whole lot of non-numbers involved.
1: Ac- acronyms and stuff? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, so you have to take a whole bunch of other measurements to take that measurement. I see. But they're numbers that are made up <laughs> that are kind of arbitrary. They're, like, measuring on scales that <sighs> someone is just not backed with anything. What's in the turkey Especially
0: considering that... Pardon me while I just to cough out this monster, <laughs> <rosin> <laughs> out, Uh Especially considering that things like wildfires and likely war... And things like that Correct. are not
2: are incredibly large defense budget makes us look counted, like we right? Are. So, yeah,
0: just make shit happen, and you've got a great economy. Yeah, which is actually the flipping model for the last hundred and or I don't know a long time, probably, probably longer than that. Don't look I mean, behind
2: the curtain. Since yeah, <laughs> Oz is frightful. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Matilda
0: just started watching Wizard of Oz. Oh wow, she's into it. I was way scared. That I just say
2: she didn't cry. Young, no, yeah.
0: She thinks it's hilarious.
2: Okay. Wait
0: till she gets to. My grandma's. daughter likes to I play in to the say, dark.
2: You'll have her on the exorcism at eight.
0: No, yeah, my my three year old daughter thinks the dark is great. Like everyone's afraid of the dark. She's like, I'm just get. Please leave the light off. I want to play in the dark. Wow. Okay. Vampire child. <laughs> yeah,
3: totally.
2: She's into it.
3: Yeah.
2: So yeah, wildfires, <laughs> oil spills, all these things are counted as growth in our country. It shows that we're doing really well. Most sadistic
1: weird thing I've ever heard in my life.
2: Exactly, and so the degradation. Do we
1: think? Do we think you said that? For was that powerful enough? Did do you think people got that on the other end?
2: Do
0: you
1: understand? I
2: I can give a couple of other really horrific examples. Um, Nuclear waste. So Three Mile Island. That's all boost in GDP. What in the fuck? Oil spill on the Lakota <coughs> land.
0: Paying federal GDP. detectives no, don't to know. track down Did child sex trafficking. GDP.
2: Arresting native tribes for protecting their land. GDP. GDP.
0: If
1: that doesn't get you, that's just motivated gross. to act in some way towards That's house <laughs>
0: burning down.
2: They're not just governments are not just committing horrific acts against people. They're making money while doing
0: it. That's like worse than gross double penetration. That's like gross infinite penetration.
1: We GDP. don't even need the devil anymore. People keep bringing in religion.
2: He walks among us. <laughs> if they that, walk if that's what among believe, us. Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> the, I see the even bigger impacts beyond the, the natural world from wildfires and oil spills and things like that. Um, the impacts more horrifically come down to the people in the communities who are affected. Um, Amen. Even the firefighters who are away from their families, the workers who travel across the country to go clean up after a natural disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, There's all sorts of issues socially that arise from this, including food insecurity. So as homes and businesses are destroyed, people don't have the capacity to even think about where their next meal is going to come from so they begin to turn to things like Burger King to feed that quick I need to get something in my family's stomach and all I have is $7 like emergency situation. Yes.
1: I also in sociology classes they they had you took a look at uh, proximity maps for healthy food. like So like exactly. here's the population density, here's the food choices they have within that food density, deserts. Yep. Food deserts.
2: No, yeah, so there's a sweet spot in there because rural communities experience food insecurity just as much as urban areas mm-hmm. do. Um, so, yeah, moving beyond the horrificness of uh, people <laughs> making money.
1: It sucks. Here's what we can do yeah. to do better.
2: <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: Burn them all.
3: Honey. And, you know, I want to
2: express that healthcare and food systems are tied together so tightly and they're so disconnected in our current world um, and they're two things that are dramatically affected by natural disasters and man-made disasters um, and
0: can yeah, I point out go, hey, what hey. she's saying how fucked up this is that yes we we do not think about nutrition as being a part of our health essentially doctors I don't know what the stat is at this current moment in 2020 but they get like a class on nutrition. When preventive maintenance in the form of nutrition would really just like oh drastically bring down healthcare costs, right? How, what is the biggest form of uh or early death or whatever, it's cardiac arrest, right? Or whatever, cardiac disease anyway. So Yes, I, I just want to point out what she's about to talk range, about it's so very yeah, A range
1: of things for people to have it ping in their brain as, here's why I should care about this topic. I like that you're going with such a full range. Will you
0: uh, yeah. hand me that milkshake over there, please? You've the- <laughs> like, yeah, got Snickers a milkshake
3: in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Meanwhile, box. if
0: anybody really had a milkshake here, all of us yeah. would be just mound that down It's leg. just like a but big But don't have milkshakes fail? and eat vegetables, okay? Listen. I mean, <laughs> no
2: one's telling you to not ever consume <laughs> the things you love again. That's far beyond the point. Everyone should eat ice cream in whatever form you like it.
0: For every meal.
2: Liquidity. Don't even go to
0: work. Just
1: eat ice cream. Whatever
2: works. Beer
0: bong ice cream with
2: Dude. That's does this? Spark some amazing ideas. Yeah. Gosh, you gotta come here more often. (laughs) If you just ate
0: ice cream, you couldn't go to work because of all the pooping issues you would have. All right, let's go on and tell people how to fix the world. Jamie. So,
2: uh, you know, tying this all together, uh, hemp and cannabis were huge industries. We've got a lot of people behind us. Uh, We're gaining more and more momentum every day. We have no reason why we can't invoke small solutions to these problems sociological, environmental in our communities um and so there's a handful of economists that study this particular area and the two that I'm going to credit here are just the two that I am using specifically for this example um I read two of Herman Daly's books and they're both really dense I don't recommend it
0: good old Hermie
2: (laughs) Kate Raworth her donut theory seems way better I'm going to read that one next um but they're the two I'm going to Really make point of here, and so they propose three different um, a three step or three point proposal to um, creating a ecological economy, essentially. Oh, good, a solution. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were so, just a
0: problem girl.
2: You know, there's like <laughs> nothing's like the general fix all. Nothing's going to be a blanket solution. Everything's going to be have to be adapted on a local level, and I truly believe that in all of the solutions to our current world problems, we need very local solutions. Mm. More global efforts aren't going to help us in building our communities together and relying more on each other and, you know.
0: yeah. Now, Nick, you may want to think global, but I'd really (laughs) like to see you acting local. I'm going to
2: think about it. I'll take it in
0: consideration.
2: So, So I bought this t-shirt once (laughs) at a at a concert. I won't name okay. the band because I really like them and I don't want to shame them.
0: Third Eye Blind. <laughs> no, Sorry.
2: it's Gypsy yeah. Punk Dude. <laughs> so they had a shirt that said Think Local, Fuck Global and the shirt was made in China. Uh... I'm going to try to call out the band. but I'm... Yeah,
1: I think I know who it is. But
2: yeah, I'm, I feel like you might. Um, so the first step in this proposal is um the current problem is that natural capital consumption is currently counted as income. So every time we deplete a natural resource, someone's making money off of it. We look like we're richer. Um, no. Yeah. Um and so in his <laughs> farewell address to the World Bank, Herman Daly Trust was me. called the most outrageous economist of all time because of these proposals. That's so you want to hear how outrageous he is. son of a
0: that's bitch just, is trying yeah. to call us out for all the money we're making. In case you're not
1: of abreast of the scientific community, that's about as much shade as you can have thrown at you. Yeah. Yes. Like, he basically just said, fuck your mother.
2: <laughs> yeah. And <Scientifically. laughs> then threw yeah. a mimosa in your face. Yes. <laughs> it's true. So, uh, to solve this problem <laughs> of consumption as income, Herman proposed this rule um, and the, it's a reflection on the rule of, the first rule of economics, which is not to spend down your capital. So holding assets demonstrates financial security. But as a nation, and globally as well, we don't treat our natural resources as, their, as an asset. So mm. we don't count our soil, our trees, our air, our retention of carbon mm-hmm. dioxide. None of that's counted as, as an asset. Disagree
0: it is as a one-time asset that you chop down or dig up and
2: not a capital asset though cross it. You think about <laughs> it like that and i mean i guess that's a little technical but there's another <laughs> economist going on there's another economist who uh george muser who wrote an article called the climax of humanity and it explains um this issue in a really good example specifically in the pacific northwest again i mean we're rich in natural resources and Shh, there's a
0: constant telling people
2: there's a constant fight to get rid of them that's the problem <laughs> yeah. so um no, loggers in the pacific northwest complain that there's a loss of jobs due to the increase in regulations that environmentalists <laughs> have pushed so environmentalists claim that there's a degradation in natural resources due to mm-hmm. the loggers so to solve this problem age
0: old problem
2: right logging Logging in Oregon.
0: Hippies and loggers.
2: Tree huggers. (laughs) Those tree huggers. So solving the problem sounds really simple, Um, but of course none of this is simple. But the main proposition is to repurpose the loggers' labor part of the time to replant and replenish unstable areas that have been previously logged. So essentially it's for every set of forest management that's done you know, not clear cut, but you go through and you manage the forest in, in the respectable way, and then they go through and they replant a region that's been oh, depleted previously. All
0: I can think is my rural Oregon or rural Washington logger character saying, What? I ain't no queer. I don't plant trees. I just chop them. <laughs> that's it.
1: we ain't gonna be
2: che- chopping trees for long, my friend.
1: <laughs> No. Yeah, you'll uh, have yourself an Easter Island Damn. before you before you realize. just say no
2: more work chopping yeah. the trees?
0: There's plenty.
2: I don't, don't learn to lessons do until
1: it happens directly to me. Or yeah. Anymore.
2: The logger better Machia. wait then. So, um, the like the most optimal solution to the issue it's is relation between having loggers replant rather than harvest timber is that they they see that it's going to be a loss in wages and they won't get paid the same. But what needs to happen is they need to retain that wage, whether it's through government payments or the timber companies are required to go around and pay the labor, the loggers, to
0: replant. We don't want to apply this same concept to making police officers the same ones that retrain criminals how to enter back into the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you take the Coke, you put the baking soda in the hot Coke, and then you make it into crack, see? You got All double right. the crack. Get Wait. back out there. Is that what cops know?
3: Well,
1: that that's what you learn is in training prison. Who here? Oh, what are you in here for, a oh, Coke?
2: Oh, you no, know how to double
1: that Coke? You're turning it into crack.
0: That's what you learn in the prison. The cops are training, Never Never I learn. mind. Never mind. Yep.
2: Everyone, yep, has, skills everyone, everyone has, has skills, Yep, he says, everyone
3: has
1: skills. I cook crack. <laughs>
0: I could crack. <laughs> Anyone want to talk some crack? So. <laughs> Welcome to Westman. This type
2: of behavior, the our, the uh, essentially the conflict between loggers and environmentalists is a perceived scarcity of resources. Everyone sees that there's not enough of what they want to go around.
0: Perceived and, being the operative word exactly, here. Exactly.
2: But mm. the perception needs to shift to show that with matching efforts to depletion, regenerative behaviors can continue to I guess squash that scarcity of resources and create security in resources
0: and if Whole Foods and Trader Joe's quit throwing away the bruised veggies alright maybe also more your solution probably honestly. yeah but
2: well I mean in the Rogue Valley here we do have Um, some really great programs, I guess pre-COVID there's a lot of issues with food transfer now, you know, a lot of grocery stores worked with um, Access Food Really?
0: That's awesome, Yeah. yeah. I think that that issue has kind of shifted from when, what it was like 20 years ago, when there was just like a monster angry uprising and uh, dumpster diving started yep. happening majorly, but then Trader Joe's and Whole Foods or whatever were locking their dumpsters so nobody could dumpster dive them. That's and just there's horrific. Battles happening, right? But I think some of that stuff has been solved. But the other thing is, it, in for general, hell. it's just a a resource issue, right? Like the the control of resources are in the hands of few, and so instead of using all the good land for making sure people are fed and. Housed and whatever <laughs> a lot of vacation homes are on those good lands or whatever right well so exactly
2: you can control that's a very
0: simplistic way to put it but
2: theoretically i guess the way i think about it is you can control the way people think and behave if you deprive them of their basic needs then they find themselves in a fight-or-flight circumstance daily they can't think long term and Develop critical thinking and problem solving skills because they are having a hard time meeting their needs. Um, uh, oh, there's a question in the on back, sir? Don't
0: call Don't call
1: in. I actually heard uh, an article that said your IQ goes down or something like you. You actually literally are less... when you put into
0: fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you, well, when you when you when you
1: that's worry fine. about where your next meal is going to come from,
3: Have you
2: ever, or if you like, can pay your rent. Worked all day in the field and then like you're done and you realize you haven't eaten and all of a sudden you're anxious and, like, you f- you feel really wound up, and you can't function. Yeah. And it's like, think about feeling that way every day, about more than just, like, what's in your belly. Two about where you're going to rest your head, about getting water, even.
0: Two things. Between One, that's the IQ question is a larger Pandora's box we can talk about because your intelligence goes down, meaning your white man's measured intelligence, right? No, they... But anyway, <clears throat> but anyway... Hold on, that's That's not not really somewhere where I want to get into it. I
1: did read an article that said when you get angry,
0: your IQ goes
1: down, but that maybe might be your white man. That's my
0: problem. All right. B, so I was trying to think of a funny thing to say when you were reading this, when you were reading (laughs) How to Control People. I was like, yeah, like, hold a gun to their head or whatever. And the further you, you spoke, the more I was like, wait, she's saying the sickest thing you could possibly do to somebody. That is, there is no, holding a gun to somebody's head is nothing compared to what she's talking about. Oh my God, that is what's happening. It's
3: awful.
2: Yeah. It's
3: super awful.
2: (laughs) Yeah. When you think about it, it's, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's something that we all commonly know and think about. And uh, when you just really tighten up on those, like, first few steps of Maslow... You can really just get whatever you want out of a large number of people. Crazy. And it's, I mean, yeah. So the second proposal that's made is shifting taxes from labor and income to throughput and consumption. So instead of taxing you to employ someone and instead of taxing me for earning a living, Mm -hmm. let's tax the consumer like we currently do in cannabis. Of course, we have a lot of cannabis money that goes into the general fund. We're going to talk about that a little bit, too. So, the, yeah, the throughput part is a different, (laughs) talking about throughput is another story, but um, taxes are a super hot-button topic in cannabis, and so we're going to look at
0: And in Oregon.
2: Yeah, we're going to look at this chart that you actually posted previously, Rue, um, oh
0: man, was I stoned when I posted? I have no idea what's on this chart.
2: You might have been. It's Oregon Marijuana Tax Distribution Information. Ah, uh, yes. From the General Fund. So, um... Wow. Yeah, cannabis taxes for oh, it's the, broken up into quarters. Yeah. <coughs> the state tax total for cannabis was $28,651,000. Mm-hmm. dollars Um
0: Yeah, last month, oh no. We've been having a good year here. That was the first quarter, Yeah, first three
2: months of the year. That was like Mm pre-pandemic, dude. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, There's literally not one food security initiative in this tax tax distribution chart other than the school funding that goes out. Right, right,
0: which is funny because cannabis is an agricultural... Product oh blah God. blah blah.
2: And but, Oregon Farm to School Program is cutting funding.
0: I know, I heard that.
2: So if you want to go and support them, RV farm the number two school dot org slash defend. I'll have repost to that as well if you want to help contribute to the Rogue Valley Farm to School program and help them make up for the deficit in their budget this year because the state is funding cutting their funding while they're still getting $28.6 million every three months in tax money.
3: Mm.
0: Well, the police need a lot of money, so...
2: The police get about $4.3 million per quarter.
0: I'm so glad. That's
2: good. And so, So. the Oregon Health Authority gets one-third of what the police budget gets. The Mental Health, Alcoholism, and Drug Services Program actually gets 5% more than the police does.
1: That's why they never bother me when they pull me over on my deliveries. I'm like, oh, you're in the cannabis business? No. Go ahead.
2: Thank you, you, sir. If you were ever in trouble, yeah. he would stand there and watch. Listen. And then watch and watch and watch. I need to make
0: <laughs> sure I am funding my beatings and my jailings before <laughs> I'm funding my health and wellness, okay?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Well. Thank you, sir. May I have another? All right. Continue on. We <laughs> should. We should continue on. So,
2: um,. <laughs> The reason I want to point out the breakdown of this taxing chart is we, as consumers and voters, have the power to change this tax structure. So pay attention to the ballots. Pay attention to your voter registration. Follow different cannabis activism groups on the social medias. Brew is a good resource for that. Um, Uh, You know know
1: what's coming up? Don't count on me. Uh, Somebody's running for mayor uh, coming up. Of Medford? His first name is Clay. I won't call him out, but... Uh, oh, no name. way. His name's Clay. Clay B. Him. Yes, Clay B.
0: Clay B. B. Running is running for mayor.
1: Up. He's got some good ideas, and I think I'm going to try to throw a party for him to raise some money for us. He
0: seems like a good He's fella. Passed. He's been around for the last couple
3: years. But, I live in Ashland,
1: so... But that would be one person that would um, give our ideas...
3: A let me
0: make a, a point in this particular election season... Lest you think the only thing you could vote for is a national election between a giant douche and a turd sandwich, Hmm. um, you don't just have to sniff little girls or grab them by the pussy when you're trying to change the world, okay? Jesus. (laughs) Sorry.
2: (laughs) That was forward.
0: It wasn't backward. Uh, It might have been also backward. Yeah. Uh, no. What what I was going to point out is, um... Jamie is saying that everyone needs to vote, and you should, and where you can really affect change is at your local and state levels of elections. So think long and hard about those ones. I know it's uh, depressing. That uh, that would be the nice way to say what it is to think about national elections. But when it comes to your state and local elections, those might mean something. I'm not sure. Maybe not. But they might. And you
2: know, know, that's the topic that we're talking about today. We're talking about these... These things that we can do in our own communities. Yep. I think it's an incredibly overwhelming thing to do to address the entire national situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only way to Who address things Who thinks that. they
0: can control <laughs> or, or that run 300 million people? Come on.
2: I mean, we have this opportunity to run ourselves locally. So that's right. If we give... Yeah. If we... Honor thyself and fucking vote. So, um...
0: What she said.
2: I guess... Dong! The the last part about this is taxing the throughput instead of taxing, um, the instead of taxing income and wages and labor um taxing throughput so this really just means taxing the use of the natural resources at the point of extraction and in the various stages of production so if you're going to pull water from Hmm. a water source you're taxed when you pull it you tax it when you transfer it things like that yeah the cap and trade bill on emissions that passed last year in Oregon um that is another throughput you... taxation situation um, which is a very controversial it topic. Is,
0: right? Like, and I
2: understand mm-hmm. that we have a lot of industries that depend on um, on the use of carbon emissions and so of course, like I said before, none of that's a blanket solution. So where these solutions can be applied um, the taxing of throughput can can prove to be really beneficial to our what is saving that? and regenerating resources. What does
0: that look like, though? So, certain resources, <clears throat> and then where do you draw the line? But certain resources yeah. are, like, should be everybody's, right? It's God's water. God's speech <laughs> God's water. Exactly. Uh, but it should be God's water, right? Like, nobody should have control over water. Yeah. I- and when it comes to drinking... Okay, but what about when it comes to like crops? Well we all need to eat okay so you can't have control when it comes to crops okay where where do we draw the line when somebody because I'm thinking like there should be certain natural resources that shouldn't be taxed because then the poor guy if if the through taxing throughput taxing gets bang bang banged all the way down and it actually ends up costing. You know, Jim yeah. Bob.
2: Well, there's a trickle down to the customer. Right. Of course, Four
0: dollars right? for a pint of water. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um. then on the other side of it, what if you don't tax the throughput and you only tax retail or use, right, at the very end, consumer use? So then people who use more cost more. But then I'm like, no, you got to put in a certain natural resources that are not taxed that way water, food, whatever. It's a
1: very big And where do you
0: draw the line on what's a natural resource and what's a... I think
2: that's part of the the cultivation of policy behind these things is that when when bills like the cap-and-trade bill are being pushed through, there needs to be these safeguards in place so that that extra cost isn't trickling down as extremely as
0: but then on certain connects. things you do want it to like we have chosen as a society supposedly um, and I didn't I didn't vote for it but to really tax alcohol or cigarettes right so then certain things get a high and cannabis wow 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 right mm-hmm. huge we you know uh, i'm pretty sure we get taxed less in cannabis than in tobacco but anyway um
2: the, the tobacco are, industry is such a mystery, and there's a lot is, of right.
0: price fixing that uh, totally. the public will never know what goes old on Old money, old money, and we'll dude, in a lot know. of industries, mint oil extraction is the same way. Would you have ever guessed that? All right, yeah. um, grapes, same way. All right, huh. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Grape mafia. Grape? No um, shit. No, there well, really is grape. Uh, uh, the yeah, mint oil extraction doors. mafia. Yeah, fucking A. And they're all.
2: Arming. You ever seen the informant? Yeah. Across all industries, not just corn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah.
0: How do you how do you decide what gets taxed, what doesn't? Where in the? I totally thought at the consumer level would be the most fair. Except it doesn't make sense on
2: basic. I
1: thought you resources. heard her
0: disclaimer. She said she's not an expert. Well, I we're mean, trying to conversate it out right now, fella. All right, I'm, I'm
1: The
2: natural ahead. resource isn't right, actually smoking, the food okay. itself. <laughs> the natural resource is the <clears throat> fishbone meal that you use to fertilize or the nitrogen that you put into the right. soil. Right. And so, so how then, did you get those things? So are you the soil, like, uh, are you the fertilizer company? Well Totally, your use but of what resources. if you're trying
0: to provide the cheapest food possible to the lowest income population, the most marginalized population? Without it being meal but items.
2: you need A local supply chain with as little Mm. handlers as possible between the producer and the consumer and that's the most clear cut way to prevent those type of manipulation situations because Mm. that's exactly what that is. Mm. That draws back to the concept of
0: keep
2: it local.
0: Throughput taxing. Okay, (laughs) so so then Keeping it local would mean that you get taxed less. That that would essentially be the. Oh, we need to do something like that. If they're only taking it here and going there. Oh my God! Yes,
1: that needs to be minuscule tax. Well, it's
2: gonna be. There's gonna be less of a carbon emissions tax for Blue Fox Farm to drive to the farmers market than it is for Charlie's wholesale produce from Portland to drive down here and deliver.
1: Maybe there should be another one on the back end. Maybe more.
0: But Charlie's is still good. They go to natural grocers. They're not Cisco.
2: Well, that's the whole thing is are they I, I can't go
0: what ahead. if so, oh my anyways, gosh if natural, you peel that label uh, off does it say Cisco underneath dun 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 sorry go there's on. a
2: supply chain to everything and they're a wholesaler just like anyone else's so there's nowhere where your food actually comes from um and your
0: weed you're one the exactly. top wholesaler <laughs> I know where
2: my weed comes from you've been to your farms <laughs> So um, I think that's like with natural resources, the point you're making is that the everyone, there's no black and white value to put onto natural resources. Putting a, a financial indicator onto a natural resource is much more challenging because to an oil tycoon, they're going to have a different value for the... Than raw oil in the ground than the native people who live on that land, right? So they're going to have they're going to have more value in that land, raw, untouched. But the oil company is going to see that in a different way. And so um, I actually listened to a podcast, another Freakonomics episode.
1: Freakonomics is so great.
2: It's so it's so freaking good. Um, <laughs> but there's another one they're talking about uh, restoring the Amazon and. How the Amazon was being destroyed and a lot of the fires that were burned were to create ranch land for cattle. And the issue there is that the carbon sequestration of one hectare of the Amazon rainforest was going to be something like 40 times that of one hectare of ranch land. So essentially... The farmers aren't <clears throat> making a living raising cattle, but they could have made a living by not raising cattle.
3: <laughs>
2: but they're incentivized <clears throat> with government subsidiaries to yeah. raise cattle. But they're still in poverty. What do you
1: think? Do you have a off the record or on the record guess as to why that is? What why are we doing why is that happening?
0: Underwear. I asked her. question mark. Profit.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're uh, like what do you a fucking genius, mean? dude. It's That's all there. The math is there. Do you notice know that to... underpants gnomes? <laughs> no.
1: South Park thing. It's fucking great. <laughs> we'll have to get you to... We'll watch... I
0: just missed something. If here. we had
1: more time, we'd watch that after this. But yeah, it's fucking brilliant.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, would why... do you have a
1: guess? Why would they do that?
2: <laughs> because the government is... Selling the meat, so it's the same. It's the same type of situation that United States corn and soy farmers are in. That's what the Brazilian cattle rancher situation. is They could well. make a
1: cut off of the farming, whatever. They can't get a cut off of the natural.
0: It's harder to make a cut. Then.
2: Exactly. It's yeah.
0: almost like another version of when farmers are paid not to harvest their crops, and you're yeah, like, but yeah. You're confused about what has value here. We've we've gone too deep into the ones and zeros. We've gotten away from the gold and the potatoes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so like putting putting a tangible value on an intangible resource is kind of stupid. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So the <clears throat> that's where like the whole taxing throughput issue comes in is you know finding finding a way that it doesn't affect the consumer but it also restrains the use or promotes the regeneration of natural resources It's
1: hmm. totally invalid what a conundrum yeah, yeah. A kerfuffle, kerfuffle.
3: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this is a children's so much this is a family <laughs>
0: show here okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know Nikolai.
2: So the third proposal, or the third point in the proposal, um, is to maximize the productivity of the natural capital and invest in regenerating
0: it. Yes. Crush the kerfuffle. Yes. Um,
2: if you want to suppress the kerfuffle, take the kerfuffle, kerfuffle by
0: the yeah. bowls, suppress it, yeah. <laughs> and you squeeze and you twist the kerfuffle. You
1: understand the kerfuffle. Oh, let's, let's work with it.
2: So, uh, another simple example, um, is there's sound effects happening here now so uh, another example is uh, a chef in a kitchen so a chef has enough ingredients in their kitchen and the ingredients would be natural resources and they have enough to make two pies so the chef isn't suddenly going to be able to make more pies if he brings in another chef or creates additional man-made capital labor so we're not going to get more out of our out of our natural fisheries in the ocean by having more fishing boats out there, and that's kind of the this, other analogy. You have
0: gotta grow species. more fish, not make more boats, bro.
2: Yeah, don't grow the fish. <laughs> Growing them isn't entirely the best way, but that's well, probably you can another. Clone
1: podcast. them,
0: whatever you need to do.
1: You know. We need another word for what type of anger you feel when somebody's like. No, more fish in the boat nets equals more fish, dummy head. <laughs> like, that Thanks makes me so angry. It's, it should be
0: another word. Wait, uh, okay. I don't know, but I know Bill Burr talks about it. He's like, we need to get rid of that guy. We don't <laughs> need that guy on the planet. He's just like, in the way... Just, if we had less of that guy... If we would educate
1: that guy and love that guy when he's a baby guy, Shh. maybe he turns into a...
2: Maybe if Not he ate jacket. more vegetables. So doesn't spray so tan weird hair
1: and become president? And unrealistic. Spray, tan. mm. spray tan's just the plate size of his face.
0: Baby spray tan.
2: Yeah. Never thought that trend would stick. Never thought. Especially
1: at the top of the food chain. Yeah,
2: yeah. It is peaked right now. Spray tan. Spray tan <laughs> trend is peaked.
0: Yeah, and bring back the old rhinestone jean butts. 20, well, the president 20, 20. is orange. Why can't everybody else be orange?
2: we could all just oompa loompa ourselves out of this. God,
0: so, I'm yeah. so embarrassed. I, love the, I love the... I can't believe I spray tanned before I came here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just don't rub your forehead yeah. with sweaty hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, no. yeah. I just do
0: my midsection. Just do my... Yeah.
2: Oh, no.
0: I just do
1: my best. Like a golden Oreo, you know?
2: <laughs> that is the last thing I ever wanted to picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like uh, <laughs> an Easter egg that you're we're, painting just a yellow strip in the middle.
2: We're going to talk... About trees again <laughs> so we can stop talking about, mid- wait, mid-section. Wait, talk about trees.
0: <laughs> no more eggs only so, trees
2: uh, aside from the chef example another example could be um, trees as well you know you can't harvest more trees by adding the number of loggers there's going to be the same amount of trees to log um, read like I mentioned earlier in the logger example redistributing that labor force to plant more trees and increase the amount of harvestable timber and the longevity of the timberland would be optimal.
3: Hmm.
2: So there's really three parts to the maximizing productivity and investing in regeneration that I want to talk about. Um, Living soil, living wages, and submerging the cannabis businesses in our community. Um, Living soil is a really hot trend right now, and I really hope that it becomes more than just a trend. Living Um,
0: soil is so hot
1: right now the standard you want it to be the standard
2: yeah yes we want that to be just what everyone thinks to go to Um, it
0: really should be we could fix california
2: seriously the dust bowl could disappear (whistles) we could regenerate all of the horrid herbicide pollution that's happened in the midwest there's a lot of things that could be done I'm not an expert on living soil. I can't talk too much about it. I know that it's really cool.
0: Joel Salatin. What we're doing Look
1: right up now Joel working. We need to do something else. Season it's nor. clear. So, yeah. We can't keep nor. stealing
2: water from other parts of the country because we can't get it to stay in our soil. What
1: in
0: the hell?
2: Yes. Nestle. So, there's a lot of really great concepts. <laughs> Google it. Read books. Google it.
0: Read it. Yep. Joel Salatin on building soil if you want. There
2: you go. Um, living wages, I think, are... Um, just as important as living soil. Um, I'm not an expert in labor laws or wages either, so just reminding everyone of that. But I do know that, like I mentioned earlier, cannabis wages are 10 10%, 10.7% above the median national income. Um, and farm work is generally incredibly exploitative, um, paying employees under the table or as 1099 contractors, leaving them to foot the bill on their own taxes with very little deductions because 280 tax laws are bullshit and really
3: <laughs>
0: I implore, crush the souls. Yeah. I implore you, the cannabis and hemp industry, as legalization goes forward, figure out how to not let soul-crushing wages hit the cannabis agriculture sector... As we get legal, because it's probably going to happen, but do everything mm-hmm. you can to stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: so There's my
0: call. Employees
2: action. in cannabis and hemp are rarely offered healthcare, um, nor do I believe that our current definition of healthcare is an appropriate term for what we're doing. I um, mean,
0: are they offered a way to give their money to somebody else and get nothing in return?
2: Or wait a year and a half for a yearly visit? Um and I don't believe that healthcare should be tied to an individual or a family source of income. I don't believe that at all. I do believe that if this is the current system that we're working with, that more cannabis businesses need to get online with offering employees healthcare resources, not necessarily providing a healthcare plan, but helping them connect with their community members or um, alternative solutions to healthcare. Maybe possibly growing food. On the property to support them, so they are not malnourished.
0: How will you sterilize it or pasteurize it, <laughs> um, and package it and seal it in plastic before if it's if you're just eating it straight from like outside? Why the would you need door. to do that?
2: we Will make you roll around in a bunch of even, turkey what bags you, before isn't that what food
0: is? But I thought they were just. The I thought
1: employees are No, just no, no, you have to
0: like <laughs> you, know, you have to like package it.
1: Mm. Yeah, make it looks look like it comes from <laughs> a grocery store. Yeah, like oh my god, I saw being an
2: ass.
0: When I see corn Jamie or my you're my
1: co-host. In Where plastic are you? With styrofoam underneath it. So
2: funny,
0: dude.
2: Oranges already peeled. Oranges already
0: peeled. Or like, uh, what did I yes. see? Sliced
2: apples. Yeah. It's so
0: convenient. In don't plastic. you guys love it though? With nitrogen pumped in the bag. Yes. Ooh, I didn't know that.
2: Apples that don't turn brown when they're exposed to air yeah. is worrisome. They yeah. should turn brown. exactly <laughs> They should.
0: Well, no, you spit on them before they. They're
1: just really uh, good
0: apples. That's why I didn't turn.
2: They're super McDonald's
0: great. Is the best apples. Oh, <laughs> super great.
2: Are those even apples? Are they lab oh, grown so, now? Uh, it's actually
0: the, tree cellulose.
1: Yeah. The, the rumor <laughs> I heard from a inside source that uh, some of the chewiness that you get out of an apple pie, right? Like the apple pie and you're like, oh, that's an apple. It's actually a potato.
2: I have heard this also. And a and apple mixed together yes. and like
0: dehydrated and rehydrated. I believe that. So. at least it's not a tree. Uh-huh. Or like or, a bar. Or actual cardboard or Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a rat tail.
2: Things with ingredient yeah. lists are scary. So uh, the last point that I really want to talk about um, is submerging our cannabis businesses into our communities. So. We want to make a po- our positive presence known. We don't want to be the cannabis community in like off to the side of another community. Integrated. Yes, exactly. So we want
0: shop local through your cannabis business.
2: There you go. Um, I want to encourage companies, uh, anyone involved in the cannabis industry, whether, you know, you're the one selling the shovel in the gold mine or you're the one mining the gold. Yeah. Um, volunteer, collaborate with each other to do volunteer days. If you're a farm, get together with the hardware store your grower always stops at for plumbing pieces. Um, do, uh, you know, a field day with the taco shop people down the road who you always buy food for your trim crew at. Um, things like that, you know, getting together outside of just purchasing things from one another and creating creating an experience outside of a financial relationship is important in our communities. I love that, you know, we shop from each other and we're supporting each other's businesses, but we need to take that initiative and move it beyond our cash register. It's
0: true. It's, It's hard for the cannabis industry because we've been working so hard for so many years to remember that there are those other aspects to being a business, but for example... I went out to dinner this evening, because we live in Southern Oregon, and we can still do that. Sorry to everybody else in the world who has to still stay home. Sucks to be you. Uh, (laughs) That's my honest thing. Uh, Don't move here. (laughs) Uh, No, but what I saw when I was there was that a local winery was putting on a dinner at that restaurant for the local donors to a local healthcare thing. So it was like essentially three businesses involved in this one little, you know, promotional evening thank you dinner or whatever that didn't have to be done. They could have all just donated yeah. money. Yeah. They could have all just written checks. They would the extra mile, And this was a way to get the community Get the the separate businesses and organizations together to meet each other face to face and see. Oh, okay, you're the ones who we gave money to. Oh, you're the ones who we got money from. The, you know that sort of thing. So exactly. I, I think you're right. It does it does more than what can be measured in short term mm. dollars and cents. And that's one thing that I think cannabis <coughs> businesses should really start considering is that. When you're building a business, if we want to be real businesses, if we want to grow up to be real boys and girls, (laughs) um, we need to think longer than becoming millionaires each season. Like, this is something that, it's a a long-term business to be a farmer. You need to think about building those community relationships and, and having the benefits of those 10 years down the road. Unlike you would see the benefits of just shopping at the cheapest, whatever place, or even just shopping at the local place with just dollars and then walking right back out to your car. So anyway, exactly. it it really is long term thinking, the way other businesses do it. You yeah. know, and not everybody does it. Not every business does it. But those you you we've all been to one of those things or seen one of those things going on where you're like, what is that? Oh, this business is. Putting on an event is mm-hmm. hiring that business to do the, it, it's something special happening in the, in the community, right?
2: Exactly. These things are all still possible, you know, socially distanced. We can still, you know, do our best to gather and support each other and host community progress. Um, we should know each other's kids. We should know each other's dogs or pets. Mm-hmm. Unless any,
0: you're creepy, I don't want you knowing I'm a kid. Um, uh, yeah,
2: I mean, <laughs> unless she's creepy, I don't want to be knowing your kid.
0: I like to play in the dark.
2: Yeah, we covered that. Follow um, the yellow brick Follow <laughs> the yellow Can I have
0: wall. a Nine Inch
1: Nails album? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, um, I always love to promote a great place to volunteer, and that's always Access Food Bank. They don't just do food resources, um, they do housing resources, they help veterans, they help, um those out of um drug programs they do a lot of different things um and right now they're doing this really cool program where you can volunteer at one of their community gardens and at the end of the day you also get to take home some food so if you're one of those business owners who's on the fence about um you know cultivating a space for your employees to have food go to one of these access garden volunteer days and um see what it does and see how you feel about it and see if any of your employees want to go um i know it's always really everyone's always awkward about hanging out with their boss like nobody wants to do that but for sure bro. right let's normalize you know creating a sense of community and like kind of dismantling these hierarchies
0: psa don't be a dick boss
2: yeah there you go (laughs) Um, Something I thought was cool that I listened to you in an audio book called The Science of Social Intelligence by Patrick King is the social brain hypothesis. Um, It's been researched that our brains actually evolutionarily got bigger to adapt to communal progress. Well, they got
1: bigger at some point. So why did that happen? Yeah,
2: Our brains got bigger not for us to only communicate on social media, but for us to be be together and yeah. support What they're going to
0: find out is that <laughs> in the year 2020 we our brains actually socially atrophied back to being lesser than <laughs>
3: yeah. a monkey. He's going to yeah. finish us the devil's
0: we're, advocate. We're, les- we're all lone wolves again. Essentially. Total. I'm just being a dick. That's a, Just being a dick to be a dick? Just are you
1: being a Pacino or are no, you Keanu know. Reeves of the devil's Advocate?
2: Never are, seen you that are you
1: the devil or the advocate of the devil,
0: Jamie? earmuffs. I have a question to ask. <laughs> Were there boobs in that movie? I don't remember, but because if the there 90s. are, that's all I remember about that movie. I'm it guessing came there's on a, late a thin
1: blonde white
0: woman's boobs at some probably. Point probably.
3: In there. That's all imagine. I know.
0: At, like the low point of the. It's all I know about that movie. I'm if starting that's not even to get not interested.
1: There's a Michelle Pfeiffer-looking lady showing her boobs. Okay, I'm back in. <laughs> back to the movie again. We got a movie. Um, I right. like the social brain hypothesis thing to uh, escape from my embarrassing jokes. The uh, <laughs> the 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 fact is that even if ancient aliens guy would say it's aliens that made our brains do that or something, it happened, and I think that is a better guess than it's aliens.
2: Yeah, I mean, if we don't. Either know much way, about they're brains. bigger.
1: So when did it happen? After hunter gatherer or before hunter gatherer? I before.
2: think. During, during because you had it to look out ate for ate each
0: other
1: when we ate the mushrooms when we ate the ayahuasca uh
0: i listened to maybe a joe rogan podcast or something that uh said th- this researcher whoever it was says there's a gigantic spike in our brains evolution when we started throwing rocks uh as part what do you think that means <laughs> um it was all it all had to do with that's when we started eating meat as well right and then getting the massive nutrition like spike like
2: defense mechanism offense mechanism
0: right that sort of stuff but it they also probably... had to do with what you need to do in your brain to fine tune aiming by throwing rocks so it just oh. happened correlatively at the same time if you want something good stop right
1: now this is why <laughs> chicks are always like Oh my god. I always see these guys crumple up a piece of paper and then <laughs> they aim it at the trash can. And then if they make it, they're so happy. And if they miss it, they're like so torn apart. I don't get it.
2: Anything becomes a basketball hoop. Uh huh. It can. Mm-hmm.
1: Check it out, bro. That's an ancient, ancient Ain't, brainstem no, it is. activity. It's like deep, deep, That's deep a with a favorite link. pastime the of the missing, missing link, link is men. Ooh, ooh. Basket. <laughs>
3: Me hit <house> ooh. target. <laughs> Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Gore made it six times in a row. But I think the it was, it was all...
3: Huge uh,
0: it, it was all at that same period, I believe, as meat and social... I mean, when we were eating meat, we had to, like, work together to get it right and that Yeah, sort of that stuff, was part so. of the
2: social brain hypothesis, yeah. is, is you have to be able to communicate mm-hmm. when you're living communally because you're constantly having to defend one another. If you're hunting, I'm protecting you. Mm-hmm. And... We're gonna have to be able to know what the other is doing, and so I think I think that's where how the social brain hypothesis developed. But I thought it was a really cool thing.
0: You're guys. helping me understand so many of my problems today. Thank you, Jamie.
2: Yeah, you're it's welcome. Good.
1: My
0: social issues. Let's crumple you know? up our <laughs> notes and toss them
1: in the trash can from a distance.
2: You feel great. Should it?
1: Good job.
2: I like burning them, but you can't do that right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, uh, you shouldn't
1: even ash your cigarette out the window. No, you'll definitely give never throw COVID. the cigarette butt out, Don't obviously, do any of those things.
0: because you'll give somebody COVID.
2: Don't smoke doobies <laughs> outdoors right now. Yes. Freaks me out. Um, I wanted to um, <laughs> plug a friend of mine. She's yes. hosting an online fundraiser um, for the Borgen, Borgen Project Campaign. Um, it's helping to raise money to stop global poverty and hunger through Borgen Project National Campaign. And her name on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is Rayna Jackson, R-A-Y-N-N-A, Jackson, like Michael. Um, And her fundraiser is September 4th at 6.30 p.m., live on all three of those platforms. It helps raise money for a really great cause, and although I just preach super hard about locally, this is a global effort. So, it's still doing good things. (laughs) What the
0: hell? A global effort to help people in many different localities.
2: Yes, there you go. All
0: right. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jamie, for coming on and getting a little deep and thorough with us. But this is no joke. Important shit. This is the shit that really would change the world. We could talk about yeah, yeah. presidents and whatnot all day long. When new but... iPhones
1: changing the world. Well, okay, all right. Nick's All right. Yeah. I mean, causing right? A whole Probably new phones and are the most important. Of the world it is changing the world for the worse. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, and uh, I love these topics. And I, uh, I no, appreciate being able to talk about them openly
0: with everyone. It is. It's it's the topic. Like, it's food, you know, and water and shelter. Essentially, you're talking about the basic resources, access to them. How do we get them to people who don't have them? That sort of stuff should be dominating our conversations right now. And instead, it's some other nonsense. Plus, banning TikTok. A, a, a thing that maybe. Or might sell it to Microsoft. Kill people with pre-existing conditions or whatnot. But anyway, uh, you know, this actual, the meat of this topic seems to be forgotten quite often and gets politicized a lot. And so I think it's important that we re-bring it up and uh, keep the topic alive, especially at the communal level, huh?
1: Agreed. I I think it's totally plausible to have, you know, one by one, You've got people understanding the, the, the gist. I also want to point out, if it sounds like we have had a private jet warming up in the background this entire time... It's because we're rich, the, white
3: motherfuckers! Yeah,
1: it's not because we believe in doing our uh, our like press interviews when there's a jet in the background so there's noise. And I have to shout like this! Uh... It's because it's so hot where we're living right now. We have to have on AC in the background, so... It's not uh, cold. Forgive us for having a little white noise in the background, but...
0: Hopefully it's not that uh, bad. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the topic and subject matter is so interesting... It drowned it out. It. Yeah. Let's hope so. Uh, well, thank you again, Jamie, for being here. Thanks for listening, and I'm sorry for being such a stoner. But that's what you get for listening
3: to Local Smoke hope Radio. Hope y'all had fun. Take it easy. I'm not low. <laughs>